the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The folk singer Woody Guthrie, you know him? He once wrote a song entitled Christ for President. Do you know the song? It goes in part like this. Let's have Christ for president. Let's have him for our king. Cast your vote for the carpenter that they call the Nazarene. Every year we waste enough to feed the ones who starve. We build our civilization up and we shoot it down with wars. Guthrie's words find an echo in, of all places, the words of Pope Pius XI from 1925. You didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> Woody Guthrie and Pope Pius. Pope Pius in 1925, he instituted the feast we celebrate this morning, Christ the King. Instituted partly in response to the rising tide of secularization, but also in response to fascist movements. Sound familiar? That substituted worship of the nation and its leader for the true worship of Christ. The disbelief of secular atheism and the manipulation of religion by fascists and nationalists are seen by pious as rejections of the reign of Christ in the hearts and lives of people. Listen to how he paints the picture of a world in crisis. Seeds of discord sown far and wide, bitter enmities and rivalries between nations, which still hinder so much the cause of peace. Insatiable greed, which is so often hidden under a pretense of public spirit and patriotism, a blind and immoderate selfishness the unity and stability of the family undermined, society, in a word, shaken to its foundations and on the way to ruin. Woody Guthrie and Pope Pius seem to both think that our public and our private lives would be improved if Jesus were in charge. Sadly, the world we inhabit looks too much like the world of 1925. Discord, enmity, insatiable greed, cloaked in the language of public spirit and patriotism. But surely, on this feast of Christ the King, we can do more than name the evils of our world and the corruption of our own lives. Presumably, you came here this morning to hear more than that. This day also offers us a word of hope, a word of good news, a vision of the renewal of all things under the royal banner of the King of Kings. In our gospel reading from St. Luke, we're brought to the foot of the cross, and it's a noisy scene. Soldiers, uh, the leaders of public affairs, criminals, nails into wood, the ills of the world and the corruption of the human heart are on display. But this same violent and noisy scene points us to what the world could be, who we could be, 
if we trust in the way of the world's true king. A beaten, naked, mocked Jewish man. Mocked by the fallen powers of this world, he offers what? A word of forgiveness to a people and to a world that has lost its way. A world on its way to ruin. He takes on all our enmity, our rivalry, our insatiable greed. He takes all the works of the devil that are at work in our own lives and that are featured on the cover of our newspapers day after day, and he absorbs them. He absorbs them into his sacred heart. The Son of God, this King, does not stand aloof from the horror show we've made of history or the ills we've allowed for in our own city, even our own lives at times. He enters right into it. He walks into the storm, the storm of evil, despair, death. He lets it do all of its sad and dehumanizing work. And when he breathes his last, it would seem that our worst nightmare is true, that there's no point in the end, that it's all just a nihilistic joke, that the rich and the powerful will always win, that the injustices of this world will never be healed, that our mistakes cannot be forgiven. I think that we need to be able to be in touch with the sadness and evil of our world, the sadness and evil in our own lives, because sometimes we hear it so much that we become numb to it all. Be in touch with it. Need to know something of the dark forces of despair that pin Jesus to a tree. To know that if we're to know the need for the redemptive power of his love and his forgiveness. Here, nailed to a cross, is the world's true king who set aside all the glory of his father for the privilege of sharing our griefs and bearing our sorrows. A king who for a time gave up the company of angels because he preferred the companionship of the poor and brokenhearted. St. John in his gospel unlocks the mystery for me. He does it by showing that this cross, this cross that takes on all of the dark forces at work in us and in the world, is the very throne of God. And when our king is lifted up, he longs to draw the whole world to himself, to draw all that rebels against the way of love and to heal it, to transfigure it all with his glory. You know, I was at a church just last week or two weeks ago, I guess, on a Sunday evening on the west side, All Angels Church. Do you know this place? All Angels. They were welcoming their new priest in charge. So I was there in a show of solidarity. And it was their evening Eucharist, and the congregation is made up of something like 50% of people who have a safe, warm place to sleep at night, and 50% who do not. And I can't remember the precise details of the words we used, and I guess I recycled the bulletin, but we came to a place in the service 
where we were invited to bring all the evil in the world, all the evil and sorrows in our own lives, our failures, our struggles, and to literally throw them to the cross of Christ. And I was moved by the participation, everyone throwing it to the cross of Christ. Because on this cross is redemption, Paul tells us. Redemption, forgiveness of our sins. The king of glory who's entered our world to fill all times and all places with his crucified love. It's at the cross, the son of God, arms outstretched, love divine made flesh, absorbs throughout all time. The pain, the loss, the despair, the greed, the injustice, he takes it in so that it could be healed, forgiven, transformed. So friends, at the foot of the cross is the, lo- is the noise, the loud noise of, of greed and of meaninglessness. And at the same foot of the cross is the kingdom of God breaking into our world, into our lives. Here on the cross is the king of love lifted up to fill all things with his glory. For as Paul tells us, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of the cross. So, Let's have Christ for president. Let us have him for our king. He's our only hope. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.